Hey guys, thanks for tuning in. This is Barry Edgman with Father Seekers and the leader and founder. And today we're making a big announcement. We are changing uh, and rebranding some things. And one of those things that we've rebranded is our podcast. We are gearing up for a new level, a new direction to be able to communicate to you in a better, more uh, direct, laser-focused format. And here's the, here's the new name for our new podcast rebranded, Teach Me to Father. It's still the Father Seekers under the Father Seekers umbrella, but the new podcast, Teach Me to Father. And that's what we're going to do. We're going to examine ways to be great, godly dads who grew up fatherless and didn't have any idea how to do it, what to do, or even engage in what being a great father really is. So now we're going to focus directly on that. So today I've got one of my friends with me. He is a friend of a couple of years now, and his story had to be the first story in the new brand. He is probably the biggest smiling person. You will see his smile before you see him, in him and when you hear his voice, you know who he is. But I want to introduce you to my friend, Mr. Jermaine Nunn. Good morning, Jermaine. How are you? I'm doing fine. Good. Good morning. Good. Glad you're here. So we want to talk about your story today because you have one of the most amazing stories. I've talked to probably, well, I don't know how many, so I'm not going to say, but I've talked to hundreds of guys, hundreds of men and young men all over in my areas of ministry and in parts of the country. And you have probably one of the best stories I've ever heard in how God caught you in a spot and then he brought you out into the position he wanted you to be in. So I know, you know, we grew up, we grew up, you and I grew up without dad. So there's a struggle there. And there are, there are things that happen to us that were not our fault, but we had to bear the consequence of that decision that we did not make. So I want to hear your story this morning, and I want to share that with the people who are listening. And one of the things that I want to do before we start is I just want to tell you, man, good job. You, you are an amazing man. I've heard a lot about your story, and, and I don't I don't know that I could have, I could, I, I'm not sure I could do what you've done. Thank you. All right. Tell us who Jermaine Nunn is. Who is Jermaine Nunn. Start wherever you want. We'll figure it out. All right. <clears throat> Thank you. Thank you once again, Barry. My name is Jermaine Nunn. Um, I currently work here at Life Church. Also, um, I have a um, commercial cleaning business as well. I'm a father. I have nine girls and four boys. Mm. Yes, I'm a, um, I have siblings as well. I have three brothers. Um, one just passed recently over cancer. I have mm. two left, and then I have two sisters. Wow. So so you are a big family guy. Yes. You, not the family guy on the program, but you're, the, you're a big family guy. You love family. Yes. So to give people a little bit of background, what, you, you work here at Life Church, but, but what, what, what is the thing that you volunteer and do here at Life Church? What do you do? 
I volunteer in the kids area yeah. and also I volunteer Catalyst and that's every Wednesdays mm. and that range from middle school and high schoolers. So you're you are you're in the middle of wherever kids are. Yes. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how you do it. How how old are you? I just turned 44. Oh my goodness. You're still a young guy. Yes. Thank yep. you. Yep. So Jermaine, let's talk about let's talk about your story. And one of the things that I want to ask you about your story is what is the what is the earliest thing that you could remember that was the most influential piece in your life? Like like for example, one of the things that we forget sometimes as men is we forget some of the good things that's happened. We forget that there were there were good people in our lives. Like I think one of the challenges when we look back in history is not to regret, but to find places that we can rejoice and build a monument of remembrance of what what was good. What what were some of those things that you can remember? That I can remember. Um my youngest brother, his name was Johnny Johnson. Um, his dad mm-hmm. been a part of my life. Oh my! I can remember that part to where we used to um, take road trips. Um, I remember um, we had some family in L- Little Rock, Arkansas, mm. and I remember riding on a horse. <laughs> <laughs> how old were you? I had to be probably six. <laughs> now, now how? <laughs> How tall? How tall were you at six years old? Uh, I have it. I don't have any clue. Well, I, well, I just know you're like six six right now. You look like you look like either yeah. You look like an NBA All Star or a linebacker for the Green Bay Packers. I, you're just a big guy. So I'm thinking at six years old, you were probably around five eight or something like that. <laughs> what happened? What happened on the horse? <laughs> Nothing. I just remember getting on it. Um, just for a little bit i just remember the horse and me getting on it you know it, and yeah that was a good memory you know right there for me um christmas also was a good memory um me and my brothers um we used to dance a lot actually i was just talking to my sister yesterday and she was um she she had found some pictures hmm and she was like, oh, I got some pictures. I was looking through mom things because my mom passed in 2006 as well. And she said, I had some pictures of you and your brother. And y'all, oh, wow. y'all was dancing. Oh, my goodness. And then my older brother, he had like the Michael Jackson glove. <laughs> <laughs> Jermaine, you're dating yourself, man. You're dating both of us. You're telling our age. <laughs> I literally just had a conversation with her yesterday and she brought that up. You know, she brought those memories up. So, yeah. So I'm trying to trying to picture you dancer. Because I know that you, when you work with the kids here, you're all over the place with them because they're yes. 90 miles to nothing. And you are moving. As a matter of fact, some of the some of the videos, the promo videos here uh, in, in the kids' ministry, you're on a lot of those. You do some teaching. You do some character play. You do some announcing. Um, I will never forget. <clears throat> I'll never forget the day we were standing in the lobby. We were 
I don't even know. We were talking about something. Some little kid walked up and tugged on your pants. Like he said, aren't you the superhero? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that little guy thought, there he is. I got to go see him. Yeah. That was so cool. That was so cool. So that in mind, going back to the horse thing yes. and the dancing thing. Yes. Isn't it funny how we can remember nice things and we it's like going back in time to experience that moment to to experience all the joy and the fun and the laughter that came with it who lived in in arkansas that you got went to see well my um auntie um her son mario he was staying with his grandparents on mm. on um his dad's side so yeah yeah and we just did road trips you know oh yeah i'm originally well, I was originally born from Chicago, and my auntie stayed, you know, in Milwaukee. So I, I remember those good times to mm -hmm. where we'll leave, you know, Chicago, Illinois, to visit my auntie in Milwaukee. But mm. her son, his own, his dad's side, mm. you know, he was living in Arkansas. So we even took a road trip down yeah. there. So yeah. is that is that why you like to do road trips? You, you know what? Thanks for pointing that out. Yeah, I do. I, yeah. do. I enjoyed that as a little yeah. kid. It was just so fascinating. Yeah. And you know what? I'm glad you brought that up. I, I can even remember as a little kid where a, dr a truck driver ride past and you kind of, yeah. you know, yeah. give him the hand of um, blow the international sign of blow the horn, man. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> they'll, always do, they'll always do that for kids, but they won't do it for adults. <laughs> it's so funny. Wow. 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 Wow, Barry. You, 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 you really... Yeah. Where where was the place uh, on a road trip? Where was the place mm -hmm. that you like to stop and eat at? McDonald's. I, I, I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say. Who, what kid in the world does not like to stop at McDonald's and get something with milkshake and fries and a Happy Meal? Who yes. does not like to do that? Yes. <laughs> what was the most interesting part for you about going on a road trip um why did you like it so much we always stop and get something to eat mm -hmm. we in a car mm -hmm. and we just driving and um looking forward to the truck drivers and just knowing i was um going to see other family yeah like my other cousins and things like that that's so, good yeah yeah so you you are you're an adventurer and an explorer then yes oh yes, yes. okay all right. So with all that in mind, and you begin to enjoy and travel with family, you would go to family's homes and places, stay over, enjoy the summer. Yes. You mentioned you were born in Chicago yes. and then moved to Milwaukee with your auntie, right? Well, my auntie lived in Milwaukee, so we'll go visit her. I see. But yeah, yeah. we eventually end up moving to Milwaukee. Yep. So when did you when did you when did you leave Chicago to move to Milwaukee? How old were you? Um, nine. Nine years old. Yeah, I was nine years old. Yeah. Yeah. So it was probably around eighty eight. Wow. Yeah. You're good with dates, man. I don't. I've heard you spit dates before. It's like oh, I can't remember yesterday. <laughs> I was you remember all that. Uh, when you're an old person, it's, it's called CRS degree. Mm. You can't remember stuff. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Another year or two, you may get to see how fun that is. Uh. <laughs> uh, so you moved from Chicago, nine yes. years old. Uh, when, 
when in that period of time that you were in Chicago, I've heard you tell a little bit about this part of your story, but you haven't, uh, I haven't heard a lot of the detail, but when, what caused you guys to move? Oh, first of all, who moved from Chicago and what caused you guys to move from Chicago? Um, who moved was my mom, my youngest brother, Johnny Johnson, mm -hmm. um, his dad. Mm -hmm. um, that's who I remember more mm -hmm. um, before he passed. Um, so my three brothers, including me and my two sisters, my mom and my stepdad, we mm -hmm. moved to Milwaukee. Yeah. So what did you like about Chicago that you remember and miss today? Um, I guess just growing up, friends. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, just just hanging out with my friends and things like that, just playing outside. But also, we had to move because of the violence. It was a mm. we was living in the projects and mm. came along with that was just gangs and shootings yeah. and things yeah. like that. So, you know, my mom said, "Hey, you know, I, I don't want you guys, you know, have to, you know, constantly, you know, just have to." When we hear gunshots, you know, yeah. get under the bed and things like that, or right. on our way to school, you know, mm. it'll be, you know, gang rivalries. So, you know, she just wanted to um, move us, you know, to mm -hmm. a better place, mm -hmm. you know, and um, so that was the push for us to move to Milwaukee. Yeah. So, uh, what part of Chicago did you live in? Stateway Gardens. Oh, yeah. So, it was, at? we close by the um, White Sox Stadium. Yeah. Yeah. So here's the question. Yes. I know you're not a Bears fan. No, no, no. Are you a baseball guy? <laughs> um, I'm not, but I was growing up. Were, were you were were you a White Sox fan? Yes, I was. Yeah. You weren't a Cubs fan? <laughs> no, no. Oh man. <laughs> yeah. I would I would have you know what? Now that I think about it, probably yeah, I could see you being a White Sox fan. Yeah. What I never understood about baseball, this is I, this is kind of stuff I think about. It's it's why do people park on a driveway and why do people drive on a parkway? Mm. I think about so who came up with the Chicago White Sox and the Boston Red Sox? Who's who was in competition there trying to figure out? I've never understood. I, I need to read the history on that. Yeah. So you're a White Sox fan, and did you as a kid? Did you ever get to go any of the games? Um, I didn't. Um, but. Those were one of the memories that I, I can remember and I enjoyed as a mm. kid, just hanging out with my friends and we playing baseball. Oh, yeah. 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 What's your favorite sport, by the way? I, I've never heard you talk about that. Uh, my favorite sport is basketball. Is it? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's basketball, damn football, but yeah. Yeah. Basketball. Uh, speaking of football, you went to a couple of games last year, a couple of Packers games. Yes, I did. Yeah. I was did. that the first time you had been to a um, NFL game? Yeah, well, that was probably the third time, but yeah. 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 I'd never been I'd never been to an NFL game until I moved to Green Bay. Mm. And then Pastor invited me to go with him one time and I, th I was like a kid in the candy store. Yeah. Like <laughs> holy cow. It was cold. It, it was cold. Yeah. I know a couple of games we were together <laughs> at in different parts of the stadium. <laughs> oh my lord, it's so cold in yeah. Green Bay. I don't know. There and there's some there's like I'm a big Fred Sanford fan, and oh. there was there was some of these young boys. I call them fish-eyed fools. <laughs> <laughs> they they had their shirts off. I'm telling you, oh. Jermaine, it, with wind chill, it was probably ten below. Oof. They were out there without their shirts on, and I'm I'm thinking, listen, 
listen here, son. Yeah. Old man saying to a young man, listen here, son. Yeah. Your mama didn't raise a fool. Put some clothes on. Yeah. <laughs> so, why did they do that? I don't, I have no idea, literally. So you moved from Chicago with your mom, with Johnny, with stepdad, some other sibs. You moved to Milwaukee. Start with your story there in Milwaukee and, and what happened in your life and and some of the things that moved you forward in life and, and some of the things that you experienced as a young man, a nine-year-old kid. Okay. Um, as a young man there, um, you know, um, it was a new environment. I had missed my friends, um, but also I have family there as well. So with, with that, you know, Went to a new school, had to, you know, get comfortable um, with going to a new school, a new environment. And then um, my younger brother, dad, passed. Mm. So um, with that, um, there were, at that time, after he passed, no male role model in the home um, for a while. But my oldest brother, but, you know, my oldest brother ended up joining the game. So, um I looked up to him. I watched him a lot. Mm-hmm. You know? And this was Johnny. No, no. He's no, my John, youngest brother. Johnny's my youngest. oldest brother is Julius. And then Julius. it's me. And then it's my brother, Dallas. And then it's Johnny. You've got a brother, Dallas. Yes. Holy yes, cow. Yes, now, yes. we, when Pastor Dallas gets back, we've got to celebrate <laughs> that. By the way, speak of... He is on vacation, but did you know while he's gone on vacation, we've got to get him when he comes back. I'm just letting you know. Okay. You know why? <laughs> he turns 40 on his vacation. Oh. Oh, he's going to get it when he comes back. Okay. Matter of fact, I think we may just decorate his office. Hmm. I don't, I'm just saying, okay. there's a thought. We could put, we yeah. could duct tape everything to the wall. <laughs> it we better not do that. We might have to paint. But anyway, your brother, <laughs> yes. your, your, Oldest brother, Julius. Yes. He joined the gangs. Yes. And then that became something that caught your eye, that you 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 were drawn to what's what's really going on here. Yes. Talk about that. Yes. Um, I just saw, I, look, I looked up to my oldest brother, but he was joining the gang. So, I, you know, I just was watching him very closely, um, mm. just seeing how, you know, he, you know, was just moving. And what I mean by moving is just his appearance, you know, how mm. he, you know, um, had flashy things until a little kid, uh-huh. you know, I'm like, wow, mm-hmm. you know, whoa, yeah. you yeah. know. Um, I don't want to use this analogy, but um, I will. Just like the little kid looked up to me as a superhero. Yes. That's the same way I looked there you up go, to Jermaine, my brother. Right there. Let's, 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 Let's examine that just a little bit and talk about that because when we're young boys, when, when we men, any man, when they're a young boy, and I feel like we're all young boys until we're about 55 or 60 years old. So I'm just letting you know. Yes. So you got some time to grow up. (laughs) (laughs) So we, we as, we as men, and I want you to to expand on this because I think you've hit a nerve here. We as men, especially as young young kids, young little boys, little coming up, and then you get around that nine to thirteen year old age, and then you're looking for 
for patterns. You're looking for influencers. You're looking for role models. You're looking for heroes. And I think that we overlook as men this part of our lives where what happened in that time period that caused me, and I want you to talk about this as well, what caused me to drift because I was made in God's image, but there was something in me that that got my attention and pulled me away and drew me drew me away from from God's design in my life. Talk about that. Yes. Um, looking at, you know, looking up to my brother and watching him and um, it went from that to then my sisters, they got to dating the same guys as my big brother. So now I have um, the role model has changed on from my, my dad, younger brother, you know, um, working man and, you know, a humble man to after his past and then everything shift, you know, far as um, role models and, you know, looking at my oldest brother and then looking at my two older sisters and um, the choices they made uh, and dating the type of man that my brother was that was modeled around me. So um, that was the shit. That's good, buddy. That's so good. I've never, uh, I've never heard you talk much about, we, we, we are lunch buddies. So we explore, we're foodies actually. We like to go little dive holes (laughs) in the wall. We've not, I will say this publicly. We have not found any good fried chicken in Green Bay. I I don't know if you have, and you've not told me about it, but I have not, not like my grandma's, but, but we've never explored this, this topic at, at a meal that we do when we go hang out. Yes. Um, but what, what is it that you remember about your birth dad? Do you remember anything about him? You know, um, the last thing I remember about my birth dad was outside playing. And as I was outside playing, um, I was on my way going to the candy truck because um, we had a lot of snow cone and candy trucks Um in the high rising apartments mm-hmm. and on my way walking yeah. there, actually I walked past them, but as I'm walking towards them, I'm looking at them. I'm like, this guy looked different. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, familiar, you know? Yeah. And then when I got close to him and passed him, he's like, you going to walk past me like that? I'm mm. like, who are you? Yeah. Say, you don't know who I am. I'm like, I kind of tremble in my voice. I'm like, mm. My, 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 my dad, he was like, mm. yeah. Mm. And that was right before we left. So mm. not immediately. So I want to say probably eight, seven, eight so, years old. Yeah. So yeah. that's those, those years. Yeah. We've talked about this a lot because we have yes. some similarities and some of the stuff that we've gone through as far yeah. as here, learning about our past and identifying things. One of the things we've learned in that is that that eight to nine year old age group that age for a boy a little little guy a little kid yes is a extremely formative years it's like there are things that happen in the, that year or so between eight and nine or the period overlapping there there are things that happen mm-hmm. 
that that are transitional, but we can get locked in. I know we've talked about our stories a little, uh, but it seems like that one of the things that we landed on in all that discussion mm. was that that was a pivotable 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 period where things transitioned for us and it shifted. Things shifted. You know, that's one of the reasons, Jermaine, I got into youth ministry. I was a youth pastor for over 20 years. I told you all about yes. that. But I think that's one of the reasons why why you love kids so much. Hmm. You know, have you ever thought about that? Why sort of being like a spiritual dad, just loving on kids? Yeah, I, yeah. I have. I, yeah, it, it. not right away, but, yeah. you know, like like you mentioned, God made us in, our, in his image and, we, you know, I gave my life to Christ and things like that. That's when a lot of revelations started to come to my life. Yeah. 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 So on the sidewalk, you walk past, you trembling voice. Yeah. What was the conversation like as you remember? Um, Honestly, I pretty much don't remember. I just remember him and um, I went to the candy truck and then I came back and he was talking to my mom and and, and that's pretty much it. My dad wasn't even active in my life. I probably... Mm -hmm. I remember that one time um, I just spoke of it before that. I probably remember a couple times, but I was little. Mm-hmm. But yeah, um, other than that. Now, what was Johnny's dad's name, your stepdad? His name was Knight. Knight. Yes. Yeah. So you that was, he was the replacement father figure. Yes. You said something that interested me and got my attention, and I think we can't pass by it. Okay. Uh you you said that that your sisters begin to drift and copy and date guys like Julius became. Yes. Yep. And you were watching and you were caught in between because yes. you were watching them do foolishness. Yeah. And you were watching Julius yeah. be deceived. Yes. By the enemy. Yes. But you said something you said and I don't remember your exact words, but you said the 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 older generation, the older night went to work and he worked hard and he he provided for the family yes and then he passed and then there was this other influence this other form this other this other imagery of what a man is supposed to be yes and and you begin to see as a young boy this is so interesting we've got to talk more about this Yes. Uh, over some fried chicken somewhere. Okay. <laughs> but th- it, this is so interesting that you mentioned this because this is a pivotal, pivotal, pivotal point. I don't, I don't know if I'm saying that right, but I just made a new word. It's pivotal, pivot, pivotal. Yeah. Now I'm stuck on it. I'm OCD a little bit. But this, this transition for you, this yes. was like a point. Like I realized as a young kid, a young kid that I'm going, wait, what just happened? Night passed. We're we're up here, Milwaukee. Yes. And my sisters are acting foolish, and yes. my brother's Julius is being foolish. Yes. But you saw all this. Yes. You saw this happening. Yes. And you noticed a shift in the generation. You where one passed on. Yes. And the boys that should the sons, the sons of the father, whether they were stepfather or biological. Yes. He was the father in your life. Yes. You noticed a shift where he his influence and role model passed and disappeared, and then this this other cultural one mm. popped up. Like for all of us, again, we want we, here's 
I want you to talk about this. Yes. You and I have talked about a lot about being created in God's image, yes. being creative. And when our creative ability is not empowered and, and covered by the Holy Spirit, we get creative to do evil. Yes. That's why God tore down the Tower of Babel and caused people to be confused so they can talk to each other. But I heard something the other day, and I want you to dive into what I'm about to say in, in the point in your story. Okay. I heard a guy say, he said, he said, um, the reason that God does not want us to have any images before him is because he created us in his image mm. and we are to be his image, his, his representation on the earth. He wants to show himself and reflect or us to reflect his power and who he is and not create our own image. Mm. You saw that happen. You defined it. You just put a pinpoint on it like brilliant. Tell me, jump into that piece there about the transition from Knight and his role model to, to Julius's and his role model and how that affected your life. Yeah, it, it affected my life. Um, it most definitely a, a, a pivotal moment for me because, um, yeah, I, I just started to idolize what my brother was doing. You know, he became um, my hero in a way, and I embraced it, mm. a villain, the role of a villain in Mm. And um, with that, like I say, all the shiny things. And as a kid, you love shiny yeah. objects. You yeah. know, you, you know, you're easy to be influenced. You know, oh. um, just by you know, just 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 almost anything. Yeah. You, you, you know, and um, as I watch my brother, you know what I mean, and I watch my sister, um, boyfriends and things like that. The more I just want to grow up quickly so I can yeah. become just like them. Yeah. So what was it? And I just looked up the word. It's pivotal. Not pivotable. I don't know where I apparently I didn't have by this time in the morning, I've usually had like six cups of coffee okay. and today I was off track. So that's probably what's wrong. Yes. So tell me what happened. Why the glitz and the glamour? Cause it doesn't matter. Any young fella. Yeah. Like all the kids, yeah. like it, we don't, we don't have to walk far downtown yeah. to see or in the mall. Yeah. Most of those kids have got $300 sneakers on yeah. or jackets and clothes. That, I don't care. Pick one. Pick yeah. one anywhere. Uh, how, Jermaine, how did that influence you and why did it influence you so deeply? Um, why it influenced me so deeply is because, for one, that was my brother, and for two, I just wanted to be like him. The second thing was growing up poor, you know, getting picked on at school about my clothes and my shoes. Mm -hmm. You know, as a little kid, that hurts. You know, yeah. that, that really bothers you when you, you know, the, 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 Back in the day, we used to say the class clown, you know, and they mm. just, you know, just talk about you in the whole classroom, you know, mm -hmm. laugh and things like that. Mm. So just coming up, you know, just um, poor, you know, yeah, and um, you know, and I just and and that that really bothered me as a kid, yeah, you know, going to school, and I just um, didn't want to, you know, I was tired of being um, bullied. Yeah. Talked about. I so. can't imagine. You got to talk about this some because there are kids that probably will hear this. Yeah. I think so. 
Yeah. Um, and there'll be some moms, which is, that's a whole different story. Moms who, who the dad left and they've got a boy at home, a young kid, young, and now a young man and doesn't know how to cope. Yeah. And we've got to do, we've got to do, we've got to jump back into our nine to 13 year old boys and figure out how to do a podcast for people, young, young men yes. that are good for them. But anyway, uh, when, when you, you said that, that he, he influenced you, he had beautiful clothes, yeah. nice stuff. Yeah. You grew up poor. Yeah. He was an influencer. So the void of one man left. And now the one that you held in high regard became your influencer. Yes. But I want you to, you've drawn a really great picture here about when, when young fellows grow up without a dad. Yeah. I think, I think we can look around and as we look across the board and all the, in our, in our country, we have lots of cultures and subcultures and we have in different parts of the country, different interpretations of all of those cultures and all of those subcultures and all of the thinking that goes with it. But I want you to talk about, because I think this will lead us to another part of your story. That's very, very, I could, I couldn't believe it the first time I heard it. Not that you didn't tell the truth, but it's like, Oh my God, how did he live through that? Mm-hmm. But you said you were bullied. Yes. Now I have a question I want to ask you about that, but tell me in general about about what it was like to be bullied and why were you bullied? Um, yeah, um, being bullied. Oh man, I, I th- honestly I think now um, I think that's where my first um, beginning of um, feeling insecure. Yeah. Yeah. Now talk, dive into that some, um, cause I can see that, that, that sting still. Yeah. Insecure. Um, um, I guess more of not being happy with who I am, not even knowing who I am, um, allowing other people's opinion and what they say about me affect how I see myself, you know? And, um, Back then, I didn't know this, but I know it now. I guess I was being a people pleaser at a young age, but I didn't know these things, you know. But um, that insecurity part, I guess that's that was the first time I ever felt insecure, you know, as a, as, as a boy. But I didn't know that back then. It was just, you know, um, feeling ashamed. You know what I mean? Not not feeling wanted. Yeah. You know what what uh, what made you feel? I understand what unwanted means. I th- yes. Here's here's the interesting thing. And you've talked to kids, you've talked to kids a yes. lot about this. Uh, and there's no rhyme or reason why a kid feels ashamed or unwanted yeah. or or disregarded or yeah. thrown to the junk pile. There's yes. no rhyme or reason why they feel that way. Yes. But one of the things that we can drill down on yes. is that, that, that in us, God made this thing called father hunger. Mm. And we're all hungry for relationship with our heavenly father, but also our earthly father. Yes. And earthly fathers, they're supposed to be the, the exact direct representation powered by the Lord Jesus 
of the the heavenly father. Yes. Now nobody's perfect. You and I, we're dads. We're not perfect. Right. And some of our kids are grown and some of them are not. Yeah. And the grown ones seem to act more like a fool than the young ones do. Yes. I don't understand that. Yes. Anyway, when we think about that and we think about why does a young, young fella now we can put pieces together, but until we until we really flag it and put a pin in it and say that's that's it. Mm-hmm. One of the things that I think leads us to that, Jermaine, is understanding that there's father hunger in us. And if it goes unfulfilled, yes, then we look in other places to fill it because it's wired in us. We're wired that way. Yes. And God created fathers to be that in us. Yes. When the father's absent, this is what happens. Your story, my story. I read a thing the other day. Uh, uh, the last blog I wrote for Father Seekers. 20 of the t- top statistics for, for kids who grew up without a dad. I couldn't, I couldn't believe I, I'll, I'll be honest with you. I, I could not, I couldn't believe them. I want to share a couple of them with you and see if it rings home. Okay. Because it did with me. Yes. The 2021 census bureau revealed 18.4 million children live in fatherless households. Oh my gosh. Wow. Oh my gosh. Hmm. Talk about that. About needing a father, needing an influence. Another influence came into your life. Yes. Let's talk about that for a minute. Um, which part? Where should I begin? I want you I want you to talk about where you left off with Night passed. Julius became the influence. Yes. You got bullied. Yes. You felt ashamed. Yes. You felt left alone. You yes. felt unwanted. Yes. Inferiority kicked in. Yes. Insecurity. And yes. then ultimately that whole big picture was attack. You you said it so yes. well. Yes. On your identity. Yes. And then you tried, you had to find another identity. Talk about that. Yes. Um. Yeah. Going through all of that as a little kid, you know. Sometimes you 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 blame yourself, mm. you know, and you want to know why. Like why, mm-hmm. you know, that's the biggest mm-hmm. thing. Why, yeah, you know, and um, no one was there to tell me that why. Mm-hmm. You know that that night, yeah, you know, wasn't there to explain to me the why, mm. why I'm being bullied, why I'm being picked on. <clears throat> so I began to. Search it, search for it, you know, and, and, and then, you know, just growing up and seeing other kids with a dad, that, that kind of mm. puts a hole in you too. Because Absolutely. You're like, okay, where's my dad? You know, why he's not here. So you have so many eternal things that you have to deal with as a little kid. Mm-hmm. You you don't even know where to begin. You, you know, you, you, you don't even know why you feel the way you, you have to put a name on the feeling so you can identify what that feeling is. It's good. And I didn't have that. It's good. You know, I, I just yeah. didn't. So now I began to search for it. I yearn mm. for it. Mm-hmm. You know, 
I, I wanted to be accepted. Yeah. And and and, and having that drive of wanting to be accepted led me into That's so good, Jermaine. becoming like my big brother. Yeah. So so inferiority, yes. insecurity, yes. Intimidation, yes. Identity, yes. Why am I the one being singled out to be shamed and picked yes. on? Yes. Ridiculed. Yes. First off, I'm trying to it People, people ask, <clears throat> how can a, how can a, a kid, how old were you at this time when you begin to realize all this stuff? 9, 10, 11, yeah, 13, 10, 11. So 11. how, how big were you at that time? How big? Yeah. How tall? Uh, uh, could have been, uh, who knows? Probably five. Yeah. Five, six, five, yeah. eight, yes. something like that. And that would have been grade what? Fourth, fifth grade, something yeah. in there. So this is what people can't. They can't, they can't wrap their mind around because I hear this question a lot. They say, wait a minute. Oh my God. Yeah. You're in the fourth grade and you're five, eight. Why didn't you crush them like a bug? Hmm. Talk about why you can't and, 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 and drill down. It has nothing to do with how, how big you really are. It's how, how you see yourself on the inside. Dig yeah. more into that. You just you just described it so well. You know, yeah, and grunt. You know, I'm a gentle guy, really. I'm a bigger you guy. You are, but I'm 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 soft as a marshmallow. You know, yeah. at that time, but then, um, then that change. You know, because a lot of um, anger was within my home before I seen it outside my home. Mm. You know. And um, <clears throat> with that, you know, you know, my um, it was a lot of abuse going on in my home, like really physical and verbal abuse. Okay, yeah, you know, that kind of crushed me too. Yeah, you know, um, actually, I ran away. Yeah, yeah, you never you know? said that before. Yeah, but I ran away from home because um, I was just tired. You know. Mm. Uh, the verbal and the physical abuse and um, a lot of drug abuse was going on inside my home too. Mm. And that's what brought the verbal and the physical abuse. But you mm. know, as a kid, 10, 11, 12, you, you know, you're like, why are you doing this to me? You know? So, you know, it's like, it, it was just so much pressure, you know, at yeah. the age I was at not having a dad going to school, getting picked on being abused inside my home. It was just too much for me. And I was looking for an outlet, you know, and um, that would cause me to run away from home. Um, after that, you know, um, you know, I was on the news, so that was more embarrassing. Came what were you on the home, news for? Because I ran away from home and my mom oh. knew who I was. Oh. All right, so I'm already getting picked on at school before I decide to run away. So you can just imagine when I go back mm. to school, it's just free fall, right? Yeah. So it's just crushing me even more. Mm. And um, yeah, with that, um, I came back home after um, three days, I think four days. Yeah, um, went back to school and once again being bullied, picked on. Why you do this? Why you do that? Um, then after that, I was just crushed. Honestly, mm. I was just crushed. And like I said, I didn't have no one to um, help me facilitate that that father that that father 
I didn't have my father or that father role like night. I didn't even have a, a uncle, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, that was, um, you know, just a, a male role model, yeah. you know, just, just giving me that too. You know, um, I got a saying, you know, when you don't have none but one tool in your toolbox and I only had a hammer. So yeah. everything, every problem looked so like good. a nail. That's so good. You know, every problem looking like a nail to me because I only had yeah. one tool to deal with, mm-hmm. you know, so I wasn't being taught, you know, um, um, what it's like, you know what I mean? To be yeah. a young man, you know, yeah. and things like that. And then when I was searching for the outlet, it was just the wrong outlet and I ended up falling in the same thing that my brother was so let's dive, let's dive into the influencer. Nobody was there to to redirect. Yes, your your bad decision. Which here's the other thing: when we're young guys and we we're trying to figure our way, yes. we were not meant to do that alone. Mm. We were meant to have a dad. Yes, but when we do it on our own, we do things that are based on our anger. Mm-hmm. Our frustration, our shame, our lack of identity, our insecurity, our inferiority, the embarrassment of always being picked on, mm-hmm. bullied. Yes. Uh, the the anger that drives a lot of bad decisions. Yes. So we don't have anybody to say to us as a young a young kid, an eight to twelve, eight to thirteen. Wait a minute. You can't do that. Here's here's why. Here's what you need to do next. So we make those bad decisions, and yeah. then we set ourselves on a track or a trajectory that quite possibly can change. I know things for me happened. I know things for you happened. But I think as we look back now, uh, and we, I know there are moments and times that I fall into regret, but I understand that regret is just another word for condemnation. Mm. Yes. And I understand I've had to go back. This you this will make sense to you. I've had to go back and address the eight, nine year old boy mm. who I acted like for years, even as an adult. Mm. Arrested in development, fixated on fixated on abandonment mm. and being rejected and no identity. But I had to go back and and delve into who that guy was. Mm. Talk to guys who are listening about that piece of your life where nobody was there to talk to you. Nobody's guide you. Yes. Pick up where you said this all looked attractive to me and it empowered me to be something that I couldn't be on my own. But if I if I became this. Mm. Then I would be. I could satisfy all this wounding and hurt in me and I could be somebody. And the number one thing that all men want. Yes. Respect. Right. Right. Talk about that. Yes. Those are the things that exactly you, 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 you totally agree with your hundred percent, you know, and, um, I wanted all those things, the respect. I want to be light, you know, um, I don't want to be poor, you know, I just, um, I wanted that confidence, you know, but um, I, the confidence that I wanted and the price I was 
willing to pay was was it, it wasn't worth it, you know. And when I led into making that decision to join a gang, right, and things like that, like not knowing that, you know, life was just going to go down from there. I, 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 at, at that age, I did not know that I, that I would have to pay a severe price. Okay. You just said two things. Yes. You said one, you were willing to pay any price for right. respect, acceptance, yes. and have an identity, and yeah. then people wouldn't shame or blame or, yeah. or show contempt or right. be aggressive with you. And right. then- once you dove into it and got deep into it, you realized yeah. it was too much of a price to pay. Yeah, it was too Talk much about of a price that. to pay. Talk oh. about that. Talk what, about that. What I mean by that is I end up joining the gang, and then they end up um, to just the things, you know, you have to accept, you know. Um, and, and what I mean by accept is, you know, you really have to do what they tell you to do, you know, and mm -hmm. – um, no, it's not an option. Hmm. And if your no is an option, there's consequences to pay. Mm -hmm. Even death, right? It's just Truth. depends. Truth. You know, um, it, 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 it changed me into a, a person that I never wanted to be to begin with. Mm -hmm. I just wanted to be happy. I wanted to be loved, you know what I mean? Laugh, yeah. and it turned me into... A very anger, bitter person. Anger, bitter person. Selfish person. Selfish. You know, and things like that. And um, and not that, you know, um, being incarcerated. Yeah, talk about that. Talk about anything you want. If, you, if you're comfortable talking about it. Yes, talk about yes. It. Being incarcerated. Um, yeah, um, I've been in prison multiple times. Um, to be transparent with you guys, I've been in prison six times. Mm -hmm. For what? Um, drug trafficking, mm -hmm. um, violence. Mm. Um, yeah, just those main two things right there. So, so we're getting a little bit of our head of ourselves, but, yeah. and I don't want to get too far, but okay. with what I'm about to say, but okay. that it's that nine to 13 year old boy. Mm. He started building a tower that he didn't calculate the price for. Exactly. And he couldn't stop building. Yes. Yeah. So, why this is going to help somebody because you and I both know that we hear this story in the lobby often. Yes. When we're talking to men. Yes. Often. Why, why six incarcerations? Um, sometimes I was, I was asking myself that going through that process, mm -hmm. I just, I, I didn't know how to stand up to myself or to the gang. Well, I don't know how to stand up to myself yes. or the gang. The internal yeah. influencer, which yes. became, in the absence of a father, God's design, yes. a pseudo a pseudo example or a false example or an idol of a father, mm. we could say, mm. you begin to emulate and then the price that you had to pay mm -hmm. for all of that. Yes. Yeah. Six incarcerations. Yes. Over how many years? Hmm. First time I was 19. Hmm. 1998. 
think I did like mm, two years and ten months. Mm. Wow. Yeah. So over a period of years, you were in you were in prison. Yeah. Um, and it was it was six incarcerations. Yes. Over how many years? The years were, that you were incarcerated, how many years? Total, um, out of the six consecutive, I think, I want to say about 13 years. Okay. Total. And they were for, for violence, for drugs, for, for other things. Yeah. Now, let's... We're, we're clearly, we're not going to get your whole story in an hour. Right. I didn't think we would. Right. Tell me all of those years from the time that you started in your process Mm -hmm. to, you came to a point. Yes. Something happened to you. Something changed the course of history for you. Yes. Talk about that. That will, that will, that will lead us to the end of our podcast today. And then we'll have to finish this up on another podcast, but tell me what changed the picture for you. Um, my last incarceration, um, I think I had to do, I got revocated, um, and revocation mean you have, um, supervision with it which is the PO and if you violate um your contract with the PO then you have to do sanctions. The sanction is um it can be in treatment program, a drug program, or it can be just timeout where you have to do ninety days because you're not cooperating or and um I had a timeout. I'll just put it like that and I had to do ninety days. And during those um 90 days I have to do um, something very interesting to me happened in my life was um, every night when the lights was out, I seen about 60 men praying. I never Mm. seen that ever. Okay. Ever. This is good. Yeah. 60 men praying and To me, that was unbelievable. I, I I just I couldn't wrap that around my mind. Like, like men pray, and mm. then they pray to God, Mm-mm-mm. and they was doing it every night, every night, every night. I just couldn't believe that. I, I, I that right there, that that. I just couldn't. I, I just that blew my mind right there. Hmm. What 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 was the initiator? Let me ask you this: Who was the person that invited you in? Well, it was like a barracks, and the barracks had multiple um, bunk beds and things like that. But it was one guy, you know, who did the prayer. And then they re, you repeat it out to him, and then after the prayer, he had words of encouragement to say. And those words of encouragement was just saying, you know, um, 
that there's there's always light. Mm. You know, at the end of the tunnel. And at that time, I really didn't understand that because I'm like, man, we all in jail. Why are you guys praying? I, I have to wonder when people say that because people, when I was when I was in a couple of rough spots in my life, yeah, good-hearted people yeah. said, you know, there's light at the end of the tunnel. And I was yeah. going, listen here, you fish-eyed fool. In <laughs> yes. my mind, I said, listen here, you fish-eyed fool. My experience in my life has been, yeah, there's a yeah. there's light coming, yes. but it's on the front of a train. Right. I'm not looking for that light at the end of the tunnel. I want out of the tunnel. Correct. Correct. But tell me more. Tell me more. But yeah, he just always had something different to say, and it was words of encouragement. And I just couldn't understand that because I'm like, we all locked up, like, like I, mm-hmm. I, I just couldn't understand that um, he was at peace. You know what I mean? And, mm. and at that time, I didn't know. But now I know that, you know, he his trust was in God and not his his current circumstances. You know what I mean? And honestly, I'm glad, you know what I mean, that I was able to experience that because that was the seed was planted in me. You know what I mean? To um, see that. Because mm-hmm. all my life, I just seen violence. You know what I mean? Where, where is he today, that guy? He's in Milwaukee. Mm. I haven't seen him since wow. then, but wow. that right there, that was that was that was light for me. That, yep. that for me, that was light. Mm-hmm. It, it really was. So, what happened at that point? Like where you you you're in the tunnel? There's yeah. light at the end. It's yeah. it's the light of Christ. It's the word of God. It's the hope of glory. Yeah. Christ represented yeah. in this man. Yeah. Yeah. What happened? For me then, you know, I got released and um yes, I just continue, you know, with my shenanigans. Mm. But everything I've been through from as a little kid mm. all the way up to this point, it was just pounding me inside. Mm. I didn't like who I became. I don't like who mm. I was. I just needed change. I didn't know how to ask for it. I was afraid. I didn't want to Let, look weak. Let's stop right there. You just said something that most guys wrestle with even at 50 and 60 and 40 and yes. 30 and 90 years old. Mm. I was afraid mm. and I didn't know how to ask for it. Yes. With all of your experience at this point. Yes. What was the, what was, what, what was the pit, the pivot point? In your story, where we are in your story right now, what was the thing that said, wait, I can't do it alone. I've got to have somebody. I've got to ask for help. What happened? And who did you ask? Um, honestly, like, I knew there was a God. I mm-hmm. was one of those people. I knew there was a God. I just mm-hmm. didn't have a relationship with God. Uh-huh. You know, um, and I just couldn't let go praying with those fellas in jail for 90 days and I say you know what if there's a God about to pray because they taught me how to pray Mm. and I was in my apartment and uh, and, like I was at rock bottom I like really hated myself I didn't know what to do I'm like man I'm so tired that I got on my knees and I prayed Barry I I, I prayed the way those men prayed in jail you know what I mean and I said if that's if there's really a God, I need him right now. And um, mm. that right there was the beginning. That was the pivot point of me actually praying in my inside my home and surrendering and mm. giving God my life. 
mm. right then and there. Uh, yeah. Be- because somebody, a man, yes, who's in the same boat you are, yes, recognized that somebody needed to teach you how to pray, and he did, yes. And later on, months later, yeah, the seed of that bore the fruit of repentance and salvation. Yes. What happened after that? When you prayed that prayer, what was next? Um, I just continued to pray. I, I I was in my apartment for like two weeks. Yeah. Wow. You no. Know, um, I'm like, I need to like, I'm in my apartment. I'm locked up in my apartment for like two weeks, things like that. And, um, I'm praying, I'm on YouTube, I'm I'm looking up other pastors and things like that. And in the process of me doing that, you know, um you know, I'm 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 I don't know what to expect, right? After I pray, right? So um w- one thing that I noticed within those two weeks, you know, um you know, I lost desire. And that desire to um depend on alcohol when I'm stressed out scared and depressed and drugs I lost that desire right away and that right there that right there really um was pondering me, with me I'm like why am I why I don't want to do this no more <laughs> <laughs> this is what I love to do this is my go-to <laughs> This is my go-to. Yeah, this is my go-to, and I do not want to do this no more. Right then and now, I said, "Okay, I just I, I gotta really learn about God. Is did God really hear my prayer?" So yeah, I immediately um, went to church so I can learn more about God because the things mm. in my life that were happening, I knew it wasn't because of me, but also I didn't have a relationship with God back then. But I knew, like, did He really? Is is this really real? Is this really real? Is this really real? So, yeah. Yeah. So this is where we need to stop. We've got to do another. I, I didn't, I knew coming into this that we would. <laughs> first off, we like to talk. And if we yeah. had food, it would be even longer. I know. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, but I, I want to, if you could, I yes. want you to come back. I want to, I want to finish this up it, yes. and, and we'll pick up in the next podcast. Okay. With your repentance prayer. Yes. And what you said, I, I got to figure this out. I got to know who this is. Yes. I don't want to do this anymore. Yes. Why do I not want to do this anymore? Cause it's right. my go-to. Yes. That's where we need to pick up in the next time. Okay. I will, I will tell you that. Uh, your story has been very impressive and it's been an encouragement to me because you've been a guy that that could have quit, could have gone the wrong way. Mm-hmm. Uh, but now you've got hundreds of little kids watching you, a superhero, and a lot of junior high and high school kids. But you've also got 13 of your own kids yes. that are watching dad. Yes. And they're watching and some extended family members going, who, who is that? Yes. Where'd the aliens take Jermaine? <laughs> bring him back. <laughs> no, don't bring him back. <laughs> we like this Jermaine, but we don't know who he is. Yeah. But we want to finish that, man. Thank you. I love you. You're my dear brother. All right. Love you too.